The evidence that God is with us today is this. God lives in us by his spirit and guides us and teaches us and shows us the will of God. God spoke to Moses in Exodus 33, and he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. The people who are the children of God have God living in them. And we have a rest in God. That, in fact, is our Sabbath in the New Testament church. It's ceasing from our own works and living in the rest that God gives us as we have faith in what he has said to us. I have a very concrete example of that. In the year 2021, when I was 83 years old, I was bombarded one day with very fearful thoughts. What if you get to where you can't walk? If you get to where you can't walk, you'll have to move to assisted living. What will you do then? And I said, God, help me. And instantly I heard, God will provide all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. God will provide all my need. So I entered into the rest of God and the joy of God because of that word that God sent to me, which was delivered by the Holy Spirit who lives in me, bringing that thought to my mind. That's God's presence in us and the rest that we live in as believers in God, in the New Testament church. God also went with the Old Testament children of Israel. And he, Moses, said to God, If thy present go not with us, carry us not hence. In other words, don't take us out there unless you are going with us. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are on the face of the earth. That separates us from everyone else, the fact that God is in us and goes with us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And it says they speak of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, and we speak of God. And the people of God hear us. It's impossible for light and darkness to coexist in the same room. The minute you turn that 
light on in the dark room, the darkness flees. That's the word. That's what the word does. When the word comes, it separates those who receive the word from the darkness. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is the only thing that endures. Heaven and earth will pass away. Everything we can see right now with our natural eyes will be destroyed by God at the end of this world. But the one thing that remains is that word that God has spoken to us. In Exodus 34, we have an interesting example of God protecting his people as they do his commandments. God said, Thrice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. It was God's word to the Old Testament people that the men would go up to Jerusalem and appear before the Lord three times in a year. The enemy was around them, watching them. And yet there was a barrier put up by God that the enemy would not desire their land at the time they were away from it, serving God, obeying his commandments. He put a protection there. And God led his people, and God leads us today. In the Old Testament, he led them during the daylight by a pillar of a cloud. And when that cloud moved, they moved. And when it stayed still, they stayed still. And he led them by night with a pillar of fire. Exodus 40, verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up, From over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. I always thought of that in this context. 
If we don't know what to do, there's a cloud over our tabernacle. Don't do anything except call on God for wisdom to show you what to do. Having faith in the Word of God that if we ask God for wisdom, He will give us wisdom. James 1.5 So when you don't know what to do, don't try to do anything. But when the cloud is lifted from the situation, then you know what to do. You can see, and you do it immediately, as soon as you know what to do. Some people try to make things happen. Don't do that. Wait on God. When he lifts the cloud, then move. In the 1990s, I built a house in Clovis, New Mexico. Unknown to me, the house, the plans for the house would not fit on the lot, and the contractor didn't tell me he was going to have to cut things down. He just made the garage smaller and made the kitchen smaller, which was attached to the garage. When we got into that kitchen, though, my mother and I were running over each other. Every time we got in there, trying to be in there at the same time, we would bump into each other. I was continually asking God to show me how I could do something to help alleviate the problem where we wouldn't be bumping into each other all the time. I prayed about this for approximately four years. I couldn't see how the problem could be alleviated in that very tiny kitchen. One day I walked in there and my eyes were opened. I saw immediately what to do. There was a walk-in pantry in the kitchen area. I could remove the walk-in pantry, put it in the garage, which was attached to the kitchen. I could put the refrigerator at the location where the walk-in pantry had been, and that cleared all the traffic. God knows exactly how to take care of our problem. We pray over it, but as long as there is a cloud over the problem, don't do anything. At some point in time, you will see what to do, and then do it immediately. I've always thought that was a parallel to this wave that God showed them in the Old Testament. If there's a cloud over your tabernacle, stay still, don't do anything. But when the cloud moves and you see what to do, then move. The children who belong to God today are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. God is in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 tells us that. The Apostle Paul says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal the will of God, 
to us so that we know what to do. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The ones who belong to God, the way you recognize the ones who belong to God is they are led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. At some point in time, that person will make a statement saying, God showed me what to do in this situation. He's led by the Spirit of God, and by that testimony, we know the Holy Spirit is in him. And we recognize the Holy Spirit in those who are of God because we have the same Spirit in us. It's not the Spirit of the world. It's the opposite. It's the Spirit of the living God who dwells in us. And we are sealed unto the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us and teaches us and guides us. Therefore, we walk in light while the world walks in the darkness of their own ideas and their own wisdom. And that is the difference. And that's how you recognize the people of God is by the Spirit who dwells in them. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.